Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Uh, that was a rough break, John. How to block someone. Oh, really? Yeah, that dork uh, Jimmy who works at SI. Okay. I'm a big power ballad guy. Hair metal. Hair nation. Jimmy Trainer. Yeah. Uh, he said, I, he's obviously trolling. Uh, the single single greatest power ballad of the 80s, and don't at me, I'll mute any mother blanker that sends me a negative reply, is Bon Jovi. I'll be there for you. That's stupid, dude. You're an infant when it comes to hair metal. Come on now. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, I know. I know. So so he said he would mute anyone. All right, block Jimmy. All right, see you, Jimmy. Later. I have no patience for that nonsense. If you don't know music like I well, I don't know music. I don't know music. Everyone knows Firehouse. Firehouse. Really? I'm speaking to only one part of the audience. Big Five time. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. Many are saying who. Other people are saying the part of the audience you're speaking to are those who also don't know music. I'm so. a big Love Bites by Def Leppard guy. Okay. All right. Uh, by the way, Fire, Firehouse does play downtown at Tony's Place, so. How about I remember you by Skid Row. That's that's a banger. What do you What'd you look up? Top hundred of all time. Best power ballads of the eighties. Yeah. It is. I a, mean, no, sorry, it, 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 dude. It's a genre. It's a good genre. Real good. Where's Firehouse on there? There's a couple of songs. Nothing. 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 You'll find it eventually. What about Cherry Pie? That one. What about the power ballad? We'll We'll get into this more. Cherry Pie. Not with you. Uh, all right, number five. Good job. Number five. Good job by the VGK defense and the goalies. Did you see Home the William M. Jennings Trophy winner? Well, I don't know if Leonard people are going to like this. I don't know if Flurry people are going to like this. Flurry and Leonard combined. With get, our powers get, combined. Get the William M. Jennings Trophy. They're the winners. Awarded to the goaltenders of the team that had the fewest goals. I think they allowed 124 on the year. Next up was 128. For the Islanders, which brings us to John. Well, Flurry did most of the work. Do I do that? Did I do that right? The the highly debated, highly emotional topic of a year ago, and Leonard Stance have quieted down a lot because there were a lot of them who were bashing Flurry. It's been quite a year, and it is a hell of a setup going into the playoffs. I don't know what DeBoer is going to do. I don't know what DeBoer should do because I think there's massive positives on both sides. What the hell is he going to do? Of course, good Go. problem to have, but. Believe me, if he makes the wrong decision night to night on who's playing, he's going to hear it. He's going to hear it from the other side because we know there are Leonard fans and we know there are Flurry fans. Right. But, like, going back to last year and going back to this year, it's consistent. Who's better at this point right now? Seems like statistically it's Flurry. So go with the guy who's been better. Like, that was the argument last year too, right? It was never, like, Leonard in his career is the way better goaltender than Mark andre Flurry. No, it was last year who was the better goaltender. Eh. Some people might have. There were some people who did but that, and there were some people. There were some people on this show who I thought got a little ridiculous with Flurry and the gap between them. Right. Their Leonard stands. The guy. It, it was a little out of control. My argument was always: look at the numbers. Who was the better guy? There was a lot of people who would just like ignore the numbers. They fight harder with Mark Andre Flurry in the net. Yeah, they also gave up that massive lead to the Sharks with Mark Andre Flurry in the net. Like, there's. It's my whole thing has been statistically who has been the better option. This year it has been Flurry. So roll Flurry. By the way, can I also note that I saw this? This is his first individual award of his career. Mark Andre Flurry. 
I didn't know that. That, like, that was in the PR release that you had sent over. Yeah. He is the first. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this properly, so make sure I'm not missing anything here. The first player in the NHL to win his first career award in his 17th season or later. Oh, wow. And of all guys who should know that, it's the guy, the only guy in the market who said that Fleury should have a statue out in front of the fortress, and I still believe that. If he didn't cement the statue. <laughs> uh, make it out of bronze. Yeah. yeah. If he didn't do that this year, come on. He did, showed you. What a legend. Didn't they already give out the little statuettes or something like that? Of the, uh, did, but it's time for a real one, you know, like the Rocky statue in Philly. Which, I has been the, moved, uh, which has been moved like five times. Was it the Canucks series where Leonard with the uh, nice lateral move in the glove state? I'll take that one. Number four. I love this. I love this. New award in the NBA. Awards left and right. I think some people are going to hate this. I don't know why you would, but we know the way people work with the NBA. There's now going to be a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award. It'll be announced during the playoffs. Winner will receive $100,000 from the league to donate to an organization of his choosing. Four additional finalists will get twenty-five dollars apiece. Kareem said, it's nice to see the NBA try to promote social justice awareness, and I am very flattered that they would see fit to name the award after me. Kareem is a hero. Kareem was one of the guys who stood up pretty much from the beginning of his fame, like even at UCLA, took the risk mm-hmm. in a very volatile era and stood strong and was always about causes and was one of the great leaders, especially from the African-American community, um, you know, pushing for change. So he and Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali, OJ, topic for another day. We know OJ's stance on that. OJ was not part of it. They, they asked OJ to be part of it, and OJ was like, no, thanks. Kareem was all in. Which, you know, at the time, just like now, that turns a lot of people against you. Yep. Stick to sports. I Stick am to the skyhook. I'm going to uh, I'm going to rattle off some completely original thoughts really quick. Um, and the NBA wonders why their ratings and viewership is plummeting. Wait, please don't. The this NBA. Is, this is not the thread on this award. It's this is getting great. too political. Is it on this on this one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the NBA no. is on a bad path. Hashtag stick to sports. Jesus HC, this is embarrassing. Stop. You're, you're, this is not real. Please stop. I swear. On the, on the announcement, there's going to be a Kareem Award? I swear. I am reading Stick this to all. sports I am with Kareem? Yep. I am reading all of these. Yep. How does the NBA feel when its biggest star supports China or calls out the cops who saved a girl's life? You want me to keep going? I can totally go. I mean, I know you can. <laughs> This is all on I guess response. I'm an idiot. I figured most of it would be in. Of course not. Because, again. A nice reaction. Even if it's like a great, all-time great, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They don't care. What was the phrase that uh, What was the phrase that Seren used? Just bang your cymbals, bro. Just uh-huh. do your job. You're, you're entertainment to us. You are nothing more. You are not a person. So we can name a guy who has done a lot of great things for his community and has also been a great basketball player. It doesn't matter. You're still going to get these goofs who are going to come out and do all this. I love social media, but the anonymity just kills it in certain ways and. Hey, there are a lot of there are a lot of creeps out there. Can I tell you the other day? Because I, I do the same thing you do on, on stories like this where it's like, hey, that's nice, right? Yeah. You expect all positive stuff. There should be all positive stuff. When the Drew Robinson home run was making rounds yeah. on social media, Drew Robinson, a local Silverado, he tried to kill himself. He lost an eye. There's no way that he, can be negative. I swear there were negative comments on there. <laughs> I don't know what else is that. 
Like that's not even political. That's like I, that's incredible. They're just there's creeps out there, and of course they're they're you know they never put their name on it, right? But they will, and a lot of it's trolling, and they're just trying to get people worked up. Oh boy, that's also. I mean, really though, especially with him, that's just not knowing. I think the story too, right? And the stigma that comes with suicide. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, one of the most. I will always that interview that we had where we got to talk to him. That will always be one of the most harrowing and most impactful like conversations I've ever had in my life. Like listening to him talk, telling him personally, telling us his story, what he went through, all of that. Like the the story is just it's chills down my spine. And when I saw him hit a home run, like that was that was freaking great, man. Screw the batting average, screw the struggles. It was an awesome story. I, it's incredible you can find a negative in that. Number three. NBA on the floor? Not yet. Oh, no. What happened? We might have to hit three again. No, just, what do we got? More comments somebody, on the Kareem this Award? This is why Major League Baseball is taking over. <laughs> oh, my God. This is why Major League Baseball is taking over. What are they taking over? Number three. Those regional sports networks, huh? Did Kawhi Leonard... Hurt the NBA with his behavior the other day. I, I don't even know. Like, did, is that did a you, positive did you, did you see, I did. did you see this video where Kawhi's walking? I don't know where the hell he is, but some fan comes up to him. He's trying to chat with him. Kawhi's not having much of it. And then the fan says to him, hey, do that laugh. Kawhi's like, basically like, no, that's stupid. Who's the jerk in the encounter? Kawhi, because he won't laugh on command, as you just said, the, the symbols. Right. Like, Perform! Hey, hey, if I'm on the streets, you know, I have to be NBA player all the time, and I have to do my laugh. Who's the who's the jerk? Kawhi or the goofball? Or do you just look at it like, you know what, there are a lot of people who are just goofs. Right. Just laugh for them. I also think, like, Kawhi comes off as a jerk because I think this is just his demeanor. All right, the time. like the, like All the, the monotone, just like yeah, just the response of when he asks him when he asks him to laugh, he goes tell a joke. He just stumbles through a joke and then recites the line that Kawhi said in his past, "I'm a bucket." To which Kawhi responds as he walks away, he never breaks his stride. That wasn't funny. As he's le- yep. as he's walking away. <laughs> So I feel like Kawhi actually left the door open that if he had told the funny joke, that maybe he would have done the laugh. Yeah. But he's also not going to stop and waste his time while he's doing it. So I didn't misquote him. The crest wasn't stupid. The joke was terrible. Right. Because it's great because the guy gets all like, the kid. It reminds me, honestly, of my kid when I ask him now a question because now my kid's in the stage of trying to explain things. And he's literally like the kid. You know the meme where he's trying to explain where he's ordering a sandwich? Uh, uh, hammer. Uh, and, like, this is the guy. He's like, trying to scramble to find a joke, and he's got nothing. His brain just fries out. And he's just like, uh, I'm a bucket. And the guy's like, it's not funny. And he keeps walking. <laughs> Number two. It worked. Or does it only work when they win a title? Trust the process. Janet? No. Uh, In Philly, they rode this thing for a long time. And the guys now who were in charge were not the architects. You love the Sixers. Yeah. You love your odds on the Sixers. Got them at 34 to 1. How did you get them at 34 to 1? At what point was that? This is offseason. This is way before the season started. And people wrote them off that much? I don't know if they. I see. I don't know if they wrote them off that much. I mean, last year was pretty four to one. I mean, I I argued with you. I don't like you know the big 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 approach. You know, get some more guards, and they did remedy that situation to a certain extent. But thirty four to one, good for you. They're nine to one now. Yeah, and well, and I think look, I think a lot of it comes into play. Remember last year they were twelve to one going into the season. 
I thought they were going to be extremely good last year, too, and ultimately they fizzle out in the first round, so I think there was some disappointment there. Uh, but Daryl Morey now apparently wants to bring Sam Hinkie, the architect behind the process, baby, the 70 centers, wants to bring him in to ring the stupid bell that they do before the games. Wait, say that again? What's that? The 70 centers. The 70 centers, yeah. That I is funny. I vividly is... remember the draft that you and I <laughs> sat at a bar watching, and it was like six draft picks, and every pick was a center. Yep. And that was when I developed my theory that the 76ers process was actually playing with all seven footers and just passing the ball over everybody's right. head and not even dribbling. Like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> right. It would have been incredible. Like the Monstars. Yeah, they, were doing, they were doing draft and stash bigs. Right. Like, we don't have enough bigs now. We've got eight. We're going to have four more waiting right. in Europe. But, like, I do think, like, when it comes to the, uh, the whole entire process, right, working out, there, I think there's a lot of fingers in the pie for the most part, right? Sam Hinkie did a great job of getting talents like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Elton Brand did a decent job of pushing the button, like pushing the envelope a little bit, going to get guys like Jimmy Butler. Remember that year that they lost on the triple bounce or quadruple bounce, whatever it was, to the Toronto Raptors. Daryl Morey comes in, builds this team the way they are now to where they're you know really competing for a title. And there were a lot of guys who ultimately led up to this very point where this looks like a team that could very well win the title. Remember, they, I think they've won like seven straight now going into the postseason. But – at the end of the day, Hinky's the guy that took all the guff, took all the lashes, and then comes out and like, this is kind of my baby. We're here now. They're competing. I don't think they need to win a title to do it. The fact that they're competing for Eastern Conference Finals titles, I mean, again, how unlucky are you? It's a tie game. The, the quadruple bounce with Kawhi, right. things like that. If that doesn't fall, you go to overtime. I think they win that game. They move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Who knows what happens from there? I don't think there's anything wrong with putting a standard on – Trust the process that they they need to win a title somewhere in these guys' primes. So next like three years, the, the NBA is going to be more wide open as some of the older guys move on. Uh, maybe we don't have super teams, but they've got all the goods. As long as they keep tweaking and adding to the mix, they they should win a title. There's yeah. nothing wrong with saying that. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I personally just don't think that's the barometer. Like the point was, we're doing this the process to give ourselves the best opportunity to compete for titles. That is the goal, and they have done that. Like, they're the second-best team in the okay. Eastern Conference. You know what I mean? Like, to go from where they were to where they are now, Hinky's process worked. I'm trying to look at how bad they were when the process started. Oh, I was going through. So, I went and right. wrote a piece of – I mean, 2000 at, at, at rock bottom, they were 10-72. and 72. Right. And since then, uh, they had one more bad year. And then since then, 52-51. Last year wasn't great, 43-30. and 30. This year, abbreviated season, they're pushing 50 wins again. So. Yeah. So, from a win percentage standpoint, this is actually their best year. So they're on they're on the upward swing, yeah. I, like so it's, it's worked. It has worked. But you know how people are going to respond to that. Like when we get, we'll get Pritch on this, right? Remember how much Pritch used to yell and you know, oh yeah, and he would go nuts on it. The process doesn't work. You can't tank and then win. Um, I mean, as you just put it, they're in contention now, and they were awful before that. The years before they won ten games, like that was rock bottom. The other tank years were eighteen wins, nineteen wins, and then they had a you know the. I mean, look, this is, wow, this, it really was bad. Going back to 2005, the wins were 38, 35, 40, 41, 27, 41, 35, 34. I mean, that, that's just hell. Yeah. That's, or, that's Orlando Magic. Right. It, and now what are the Magic doing? Exactly. The tank. We got to get out of this. Yep. Look what the Thunder are doing. The Thunder, like, the, what the Thunder have done is incredible down the stretch of what this season. And, by the way, stocking up on all those draft assets as well. So the th- but the Thunder are doing it right where, again, they're not going to draft all those players with these assets that they have. They're going to use the early picks to draft guys like Cade Cunningham. Then they're going to use those assets to move on and grab somebody to then accelerate the process of what they're doing. They're doing it the right way too, but it's the NBA, man. Like, if you want to build your team, you don't want to be a magic. 
who are stuck in purgatory winning eight seeds maybe every once in a while. You either want to be the worst team to build up assets and then get to the top, and that's what the 76ers did. Number one. Well, looky here. The schedule's out. People want tickets. They want to come to Vegas. Everyone wants to come to Vegas. Now we got a football team, so all these teams coming in, their fans want to get here. Top five ticket prices on uh, one of the big uh, ticket resellers. Bucks Patriots, $1,370. That's the average ticket price. Average. Then after that, Ravens Raiders, 938. Chiefs Raiders, 852. Bears Raiders, 665. Eagles Raiders, 607. Hallelujah. I love it. I know it's shock for some people, especially Raiders fans from outside the market. And when you see stuff like this, I mean, the only way I can react to this is, sorry if you didn't see this coming. Yeah, someone on social media says, this team hasn't even been to a legitimate playoff game since 2002. Where do they get off not allowing any fans in the stadium last year and now charging six times normal for a ticket? Well, first of all, it's not the Raiders. Like, clearly, the, the link was to one of the ticket resellers. And where do, where do the fans who bought PSLs, Raiders backers, people who bought tickets at Las Vegas Stadium, where do they get off? free market right sorry time to pay i love it i think it's great for us i think it's great for the market and anyone who's shocked by this um and if you're local and you're like i can't even afford to go to the games well i mean it's a repeat of the golden knights just you know to the fifth degree we told you you want pro sport you want major league sports we've always had pro sports you want major league sports the prices are going to be high i saw someone the other day is like oh i'd love a baseball team here it's the only Major League Baseball team. It's the only sport you can afford to go to the games anymore. Like, have you looked at baseball in good markets, what the prices are to get close to the field? They ain't cheap either. So these are the prices, man. And we invested in a stadium to be part of the NFL, but to make money, create jobs, have big weekends. If these are the prices, these are the prices, man. I I don't go to a lot of concerts. People, you know, people scream and yell, $500 for a con. That's if that's. If that's what they can get, then that's what they can get. Yep. Oh, and I like the baseball thing too because you know, like the other, the Angels are actually a pretty well attended team. And so, a couple years ago, when I went to go see the Angels Freeway Series with the Dodgers, it's like two hundred dollars for two for two seats, but it was up at the second deck. Like you know, they were all right, but still, it's not cheap to go to baseball games either. But you're right. Like I knew this the second we knew we were going to get the team. I was like, I like my wife asked me. When she was my girlfriend then, hey, aren't the Colts going to come? Are you excited? I'm like, no, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to be able to afford a ticket the first five years. On the way back, we're going to go through the schedule again. I gave a 10-7 and record yesterday for the Raiders. Got a rash of crap from a bunch of negative people. I'm actually more emboldened about my pick. The more I looked at the schedule and the more I looked at the quarterback situations of the opponents who were coming or, you know, the Raiders are going there, uh, this schedule is filled with a lot of really weird QB situations. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. We've never seen anything like this before. It should be the, probably the most watched game we've ever had in the history of this game. I can't wait to watch it. That is going to be incredible. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. You know, I thought a lot of sports radio was kind of lame yesterday, the energy around the NFL schedule release. Like, I was freaking jacked up. Now, was I Michael Irvin jacked up? Not quite. But 
But I feel him on that because I was screaming and yelling yesterday about the Raiders' schedule and how just stoked I was that we get fans in our stadium, we get tourists. You know, hopefully we're getting you know fifty, seventy-five thousand tourists minimum on Raiders weekends here. We got ten weekends, including the Seattle preseason game. Which, by the way, we had a listener earlier who was like, "I got it, I got a bargain." I got two tickets to the preseason game for two twenty a piece. <laughs> I'm so fired up about all that. But I love what Michael Irvin was saying yesterday. The NFL is smart in creating, you know, some of these scenarios. Now I will say spending more than a minute on any show outside of New York and Charlotte on the Darnold Bowl, you're stupid and you know nothing about a national audience because who cares, really, in the big picture? I do. Come on, man. Well, I do as well, but it's like it's a freaking blip for every other football fan. It's a it's a failed first round quarterback, you know, going to try to reclaim or you know actually come through. It's a decent story. It ain't like I saw people listening to it as like a top five game or storyline of the season, like Panthers and Jets. I'm a Jets fan. Stop. But no, Brady and Belichick. Come on, that's awesome. And the fact that Michael Irvin was just hulking out over it, like you could see the rest of the panel. It's like, what? What is going on? So at one point, one of the clips, Eisen's like, all right. And he's like, no, this is incredible. And he's like screaming. I, good. <laughs> I like that. Everyone, everyone yesterday was like, all right. No, not all right, you. Okay. Like, I like sports. I'm fired up. If you don't like sports anymore, then don't do this. That's right. Is that right? Eisen, Eisen told him. You just hear like this tepid, like, okay. And he's like, no, this is incredible. You don't understand. Well, because, because, my, because Michael Irvin has heard the stories and knows, I'm sure, a lot of the, the, the background stuff that so many Patriots fans you know, and Patriots media tried to suppress the last couple of years of Belichick and Brady, and that stuff was going on. And I'll also say he it was brought a, a fractured pro- relationship, and they're, believe me, oh, I. I know Belichick will be motivated, and I know Brady is going to be motivated. That's a big game for them, and, and both are going to say, oh, just another game, on to whatever, you know, for Belichick if they lose. It's a big freaking deal. It's a great story. Well, and he brought up, I think Irvin actually brought up a pretty good point, which is you rarely get to see, like, the guy who had a problem take on one another, and, like, they are, right? Like, Belichick's defense versus Brady in that offense, like, that kind of, like, little thing. Like, that's – a decent point like you're actually going to get them see, get to see them duke it's, it out to an extent john it's one of the great debates we're going to have forever moving forward in the nfl yeah patriots dynasty was it belichick or was it brady now yeah. this game is not going to answer it oh yes, it will. Yes, we will. know but i mean brady has a little bit of equity now on his side goes to a team that was basically a 500 team and wins a super bowl so he's got the leg up now wow I know he had a lot of help, but he but, say, but he still won. People people also well I, that, that's I guess people forget how good that defense was when they went seven to nine. The Raiders schedule. So I was yelling and screaming about it yesterday, and then you have some mopes come in. They're like, oh, five wins, six wins. Did you look at the schedule and how many? I think there's different ways to look at a schedule. Um, if you get a lot of your winnable games at home, is that a is that a bad thing? Do you want do you want the games that are tough? At home? Oh, yeah. And the course. easier ones on the road? Of course. I don't know. The way I look at it, you give me you give me Dolphins, Bears, Broncos, Eagles, Bengals, and Washington, all at home, all with quarterback questions. 
then I'm expecting. Well, I don't know what that was. Six games. I'm expecting four and two, five and one. Right. I think that I think that's a great situation. And I'm not saying you know look at the tough games on the road is just throwaway. They're just they're just losses. But I like the schedule, and I'm standing by what I said yesterday uh, with the ten win thing. And I, I want to go through all these situations I just mentioned and what you think the quarterback deal is going to be when those teams come here to Vegas. that anger that we didn't hear about that y'all say didn't exist that obviously existed because you're no longer together we get to see it right now it's gonna be incredible now back to the william hill sportsbook inside silver sevens with cofield and company ah, there he is michael Irvin. yep that is one of the games i'm fired up about bucks and the patriots just freaking dynamite we're here at silver sevens come on down here Sign up for their Players Club A Play. New members can earn up to 77 bucks in free play in the same day. Got to go to Player Services for full details. And then they've got great giveaways. Tuesdays, they do giveaways. This week, is uh, the theme is Wine Month. So uh, next week on Tuesday, starting after 5 o'clock, I think it's 5 to 7.30 if you're in A Play. They've got a, uh, a wine package. No wine, but all the kind of the things you need around the wine, mm. openers and such. And then uh, they're giving away uh, Greg Norman wine. Greg Norman makes wine, golfer. That's the following week. But they do that all the time, so get into A-play down here at Silver Sevens. So the Raiders schedule with this quarterback situation, right? And the Raiders do not have a quarterback situation. They've got a top 12 guy in Derek Carr. And, John, you know, there's some people who just ascribe to, hey, I'm going to bet the better quarterback. Most of the teams in the National Football League are pretty even. Hell, if the Raiders actually improve on defense to get to whatever, you know, 15th, 18th best defense in the league, you just go on the quarterback situation. Raiders are in good shape. They had a high-scoring offense a year ago. Maybe that's better. We'll see what happens with the offensive line. They got the weapons upside, right, with the joker position, Drake, Ruggs. Look at the teams that come in. I saw so many people yesterday like, oh, that looks like a five-win team. Five-win team. Do you know how bad some of the quarterback situations are or iffy they are? In certain places, I like Tua. I think Tua's upside is tremendous. He's in week three mm-hmm. here in Vegas. Is that a guarantee? I and mean, they weren't even confident enough in him to, you know, give him a hundred percent, give him the hundred percent nod throughout the year. Fitzmagic's gone. There is, there's no, there's no other guy. It's right. him. So Tua is here. Am I wrong on that one? No, absolutely not. Actually, it sounds like you're higher on Tua than I am. You know, watching him last year, I don't think there was a lot to like about him at all. When he was when he was in the professional setting, so I would completely agree with that. Remember a year ago, what was one of the most heartbreaking, ridiculous losses the Raiders suffered? The stupid Miami game yep. where they got you know kind of hail mary down the field. They can't win that game this year. Of course, of course. I saw can. people. Yeah. Oh, oh, and four start. Oh, and four start. What? The problem is you have three teams in there. Well, I'll say you have two teams within the first four. No, I'll say three. Three teams in the first four weeks that are going to be overvalued by, I think, the general public. And they're overvalued now on the wins board, so that's people are grading it on that, like, oh, over, under on Pittsburgh. They're not going to put Pittsburgh at the real number because they know they'll get slammed. And by the way, the Steelers, it's a road game, so that makes it tough. And it's on a short week. Roethlisberger, I'm not putting Roethlisberger much ahead of Tua. He was terrible at the end of the year. He wasn't very good most of the year. I don't know if that's a franchise that's – Level or on the downside, but the quarterback situations. I won't get too aggressive and say Big Ben's in there, but he could be. 
Bears in week five? Andy Dalton or Justin Fields? Well, you can't beat them, huh? Right. Those guys are – maybe Fields is the next great thing. But I don't think he's playing by then. It's probably Dalton running out the string. At Broncos, home Broncos. If it's not Peyton Manning. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is a slight upgrade, but is that a great quarterback situation you're facing? Is that an unwinnable game? I mean, if game? it's not Aaron Rodgers? If it's not, what did I say? You said Peyton Manning. Oh, my God, Peyton Manning, yeah. <laughs> See? Well, you know what? I was making the connection there. <laughs> right. That SOB had yeah. uh, had Peyton Manning fall on his lap. John Elway, that's a good good correction. Um, maybe Peyton Manning's coming back. Uh, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, you still have a, a quirky quarterback situation there. Come on. Correct. The Eagles are not a good team, and it's Jalen Hurts. The Jalen Hurts experiment, I think, is going to be a nightmare. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be very good. They so. didn't draft an offensive lineman. Instead, they get Devontae Smith. Their line sucked last year. I have no faith that those guys that they think are coming back are going to be healthy. Who knows by week seven what their line looks like. But you got a quarterback situation there. The Bengals come to town. I guess Joe Burrow is good. Again, another team that didn't draft an offensive lineman. Hope he's in the first round. You're right. They did later. Hope he stays upright. Against that dominant Raiders pass rush, huh? Football team, December. Uh, that'll, that'll be impossible. I'm sure they're going to be great at quarterback. Fitzpatrick will be the nuts all the way through uh, until week 13. He'll still be upright. He, he won't lose his job. Now, they're a good team on defense. They're a great team on defense. But the, the, the my point here is, and then we can finish up with the Broncos are here again. I already mentioned the Broncos. You've got eight or nine games against teams that the quarterbacks are – so, so, well, what's the Achilles heel of the Raiders? If they don't get much better, it's the defense. Right. These people are going to – they're going to come in and blister this defense? Well, that's, that's kind of the test of your defense, right, and how bad it was last year. They definitely shouldn't, but it was also a team that was in the bottom 20s in a lot of key categories. So, I think that's the test. Like, personally, I think when you're looking – when you're evaluating the schedule from the opposing quarterback standpoint, you're absolutely right in hitting the mark like – there's a lot of questionable quarterback situations across the board here for the Raiders. But when you look at it as a whole, I understand when you're talking about the Ravens, the Steelers, the Bears, all three top ten defenses by a lot of metrics from a year ago, right? You go further down the list. The Broncos are going to be very good defensively this year. The Giants were actually a top ten front seven last year. You know, the, um, the Washington football team you already mentioned, I have a lot of respect for that team, right, on the defensive side of the ball. The Colts were a top 10 defense last year. That's at the back end of the schedule. And so that's where my trepidation with the Raiders schedule comes in. I think when it comes to this defense growing and developing and getting better as the season goes along, you have the path there because the offenses you are taking on are not going to be very good. Where the losses come in and where the – nine and eight eight and nine seven and ten comes in is is this offense going to be able to operate against some of the best defenses or some defenses that were the some of the best defenses a year ago and i'll give you the other factor and it's an unknown this is just a prediction the raiders went eight and eight last year mm-hmm. they were seven and five they collapsed just like well no not just like everyone else they played in front of zero fans at home they had no home field advantage I mean, very little, right? There's, a, there's an advantage to being in your home market and not having to travel. Familiarity. But there's crowds in there now. And I do not believe that the stadium is going to be overrun in a lot of these cases by opposing fans this first year. Mm-hmm. I think the fans who do get tickets are going to be so pricey, it's going to be the wine and cheese fans from those markets. I don't think it's going to be the hardcore. You know, su- maybe, maybe there's enough lunatics in Philly and Chicago, you know, folks who are making an average living who are like, you know what, yeah, I'll pay $800 a ticket. Good for them. But I'm not even sure, like, the, their best fans are getting in. Right. And It'll be the fans. 
That stadium is going to be crazy. And the other one I mentioned yesterday. Club in the end zone. If you've looked at the prices already for resale and you didn't get a, you know, you didn't buy a ticket because you didn't want to lay down fifteen hundred to seventy five thousand dollars on a season ticket package, right? And you're looking around and you're a Raiders fan, you're like, I I want to go to a game. Now Raiders fans, especially from California, are gonna travel to some of the other games. And that tenth home game, and I, I like the Chargers. Like I live with a Charger fan, you know, I like to see the Chargers do well, right? But that that is a 10th home game. The game in L.A. is going to be bonkers. 50,000. 50,000 Raider fans. That place holds 85. 50,000 Raider fans will be at the game in L.A. So I, I think there's some home field stuff there that people aren't factoring into. And what I saw today, the, the, after the schedule comes out, the win total dropped on the Raiders to seven. And we had Tony Miller come on a little while ago. All under betting. All right. Well, and look, I think we should also address the other factor, which is are we going to trust that in key situations this coaching staff is going to make the right game management decisions, which we have seen multiple times in these games, bite them, right? So I think that's part of the equation too. So that's a strong touche that they've got to have a different approach. Um, and, you know, if this defense is slightly better but not great, right. you got you got to consider your defense and you got to take more chances and you got to stop settling for – uh, play calls that set you up for 42 to 55-yard field goals. Right. I, I can name one game off the top of my head that coaching decisions led to a loss. That was the Chargers game, right, at home. Right. The questionable decision-making, I think, in the red zone directly led to them losing. So, like, things like that, that also factors in. And I think there's a perception that this team is not going to be very good. But I will say that this is a manageable schedule. I don't know if 10 and – what is it now, 10 and 7? 10 and 7. You said 9 and 8, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I think 10 and nine, – nine, excuse me, 9 and 8 is my record. I think 9 and 8 is a doable What? I just, I just think I don't know how a team went from eight and eight a year ago, where people thought they were going to make the playoffs, six and four the year before. Like there's something there, and now they're going to be a six-win team, a seven-win team, mm-hmm. when they've improved on defense. It doesn't add up to me. People are, it's just I don't, I don't know what it is. Well, they improved, or they just added a lot of bodies, hoping that they're going to improve. They'll, they'll improve. They got, he's I mean, a better, he's Gus Bradley's a better defensive coordinator. They've got, they've got nowhere to go but up. I guess they've got better personnel. They're going to be better this year, and they will win some of those games they've been losing the last couple of years. Yeah. Raiders fan, right here. Not really. Yeah. I believe in them to a certain extent. Now, do I think they're you know they're going to go thirteen and four? No. <laughs> Could I see them you know lose a couple of games that they should win? Am I going to come in screaming after a loss against you know Taylor Heineke? Yeah, that'll be terrible. Even though football team has a good defense. <laughs> forgotten i'm fired up man i think it's gonna be an awesome season it's you know it's three months off but i can't wait to see the environment in town uh i don't think people here realize how crazy raider nation is they're gonna be all over the place a lot of them are the most hardcore folks are gonna get into the stadium they did buy some of the season tickets weren't they tailgating outside of the empty stadium when they went to carolina like week one last year yep they're insane we've got a club in the stadium that's that's gonna be a big distraction i want tickets to that I don't even want to take it to a seat. I want to get there somehow. The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at 9 o'clock. It's the Law and Sporter podcast with Justin Watkins from Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. 
Yeesh. I, I never know what day it is. I think I said earlier in the show the uh, the Avs and the Kings were tomorrow night. No, that's tonight. It's tonight. It's tonight. Oh. Today's a Thursday. Um, I have never, ever bet a side in a major league sport where a favorite's minus 475. The what? Avs are minus 475 over the Kings. I just bet it. There's value. Always value. I don't know if, if there's value, perceive. but well, if you perceive if, if that's what you, ba- if you based on number, last night and two six nothing results in games that mattered, when one team is trying and the others don't even try. Thanks, Bedman. Right, but if you think the price should be five twenty five and it's four seventy five, there you go. It's a look. So tomorrow, you would hope so, when I lose and the Avs blow it, I won't be that unhappy. How about that? I'm, in, I'm investing in the Knights' happiness and Man, Knights' fan happiness. Sandal's got a five dollar price tag on it. So Ooh, I just got got price. value minus four seventy five down here. No. At William Hill. Circa's got four sixty four. You could have got a better. Price. Well, William Hill's got four seventy. Oh, that's right. William five thirty in some spots. William Hill book right across the way here at Silver Sevens. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Five fifty. Well, we told you early in the show that uh, you know that gas hoarding, shopping bags of gas, barrels of gas. Gas containers, 12 deep. Dame well, más gasolina. Well, someone in a Hummer, uh, they had their truck blow up today. Well. The entire truck blew up, and uh, shocker, it was in Florida. Also a shocker. The reason why it blew up, generally probably shouldn't smoke cigarettes around gasoline. That really happened. Yeah. I don't mean to stereotype, but a lot of those people, they just I picture them with a cigarette hanging out of their mouth like, up a he- while, while they're doing it. Lighting up a heater. I'm getting this gasoline here, Tit. You don't have to do the accent. It could be anywhere. I, that's you for assuming the accent was, uh, come on, what are you talking about? It's just Man of a thousand voices. Yeah. I thought I nailed it. I was wrong? Yeah. It was actually a Las Vegas accent. I don't know what you're talking about. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Could be. Uh, information, news, quote, out of Indy with the Colts. New left tackle Eric Fisher calls Quentin Nelson the best left guard in football and says he'll play next to him for years to come. Is that right? <laughs> what do you think of that signing? A guy who's got a torn Achilles, $9.4 million, and then meanwhile the football team goes out and gets Charles Leno, who just got cut as a tackle from the Bears, and they got him for five. Or uh, Alejandro Villanueva, right? You know, going He's out. guaranteed eight. So, But from a price standpoint, Fisher is the most expensive one. Right. No, but what I'm saying is, like, there were better options, right? Yeah, is that yeah. what you were alluding to? Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. that. So, like, I, I was hoping they were going to get the Villanueva sweepstakes. The peak, I think the peak is there if he's, like, healthy and ready to go. You're not exactly buying low, but they've done this a couple of times. They have the cap space to do it. I don't hate it. It was a need, but I wish they would have gotten it cheaper. There were much better ways to go, though. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, I, dude. I don't want to do this at the end of the show. but That I, guy got a lot of gasoline. Stick your hand in there, dude guy. Yeah. He definitely went and hoarded gasoline. I remember seeing that <laughs> that YouTube video where he got that guy from. You got that guy from. Stick your hand in there, dude. Yeah. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Draymond Green. We Believe Warriors 2.0. It's a great, it's a great theme, right? This is the gritty bunch uh, that is overachieving and – Steph, and really Steph alone, is carrying this team. How did Dr. Dre, as we call him, Draymond Green, react to the We Believe Warriors 2.0? Uh, <laughs> I like Draymond. He's a really good well, guy. Well, I know you do. Really good basketball player. Draymond Green, quote, we ain't no We Believe 2.0. We got bleeping Steph Curry on our team. I like that. Oh, no, keep going. Oh, that's the only quote I got. What oh. else did he say? 
Oh, we've got we, we. Well, yeah, we've got bleep and Steph Curry. That's what I said. We got three championships. Yeah. Okay. All right, bro. <laughs> what are you? Are you? Are you? Can you stop crapping on his no, contributions? His, his contributions were important. I stop with the we. Or is it? Or is this a case like he's essentially Rodman, and Rodman gets to do that about the great teams that he was on? Is that is that the comparison? So I will stop getting I mean, annoyed. That's completely when Draymond wrong. Green rolls himself in as part of the he was. success. He was a massive a big part. part. Of he was not a yes. He was. He was a massive. That completely part. ignores the important aspects of what he did for that team. You talk about Steph Curry transforming 30. the game of basketball. Draymond Green was part of that. He was the first six, seven, six, eight guy that you'd play at center and run the offense. By the way, he's also going to be an all-defensive player this year. I know you don't like him, but like, like the, he's just to completely ignore. I just his, think I just, but I think ignoring ignoring the fact that Clay and KD and this is all important pieces. Thanks to Silver Sevens for having us down here. We are out of here. Back tonight with the Legal Podcast, nine o'clock on YouTube, and also up at Steve Cofield on Twitter, ESPN, Las Vegas Facebook.